1: here money grows in rows. This is the Midwest Farm Report.
0: Starting off with very mild weather again this week on a Martin Luther King Monday. Good morning, everyone. I'm Farm Director Pam Yankee. I bring that up because banks are going to be closed today. Any of the Federal or state offices that you would uh, rely on, they're closed today. Markets are closed today as well. I'm P.M. Yankee, I'm along with you, though. And so is more mild weather. Believe it or not, today, our daytime high could touch out around 46 degrees. We've got rain and even thunderstorms on the way today. I see one school closing this morning out in Highland. I'm not necessarily sure that's about the weather, but uh, that is one notable item this morning. Tomorrow. Still pretty mild. Cloudy skies on Tuesday and 38 degrees. Wednesday, cloudy skies and 37. Thursday, some clouds and 34 degrees. We're going to have to see how that weather is going to progress this week. Thank goodness our man, Stu our ag meteorologist, he's along with us this morning. I'm also going to take some time on a Martin Luther King Monday to introduce you to some of the new faces of the University of Wisconsin Extension Service. These are the folks that we've come to rely on and now... Although the schematics might look a little different, they're still there trying to provide you with information you can use every day. Chelsea Ziegler is going to be our guest this morning. And we're going to get you more details from last week's Wisconsin Fair Association Convention. A lot of ground to cover on a Martin Luther King Monday. Stick around focus on your farm in 2023 with focus on energy focus on energy can identify
2: energy efficiency upgrades on your farm helping you save money on your utility bills for years to come
0: get started today by contacting your energy advisor call 800-762-7077 or visit focus agribusiness
2: to learn more that's focusonenergycom agribusiness focus on energy helping farmers save since 2001
3: the dairy industry truly is a global industry. We saw that recently at World Dairy Expo, people from all over the world. One of those there is Jill Stahl Tyler, president of Global Cow. And Jill, you had a booth here, map of the world and really emphasizing the global industry we have in dairy. First of all, what is Global Cow? How'd you come up with the idea?
4: So Global Cow works with international experiences and international training throughout the world. People come in to the United States, they also go out from the United States and sometimes people don't even have anything to do with the United States and I'm just the connection point. Some of our folks are here this week. We have training going on for just a short, short time, which is just an afternoon. I have a group as well from the Dominican, they're here with me for a whole week looking at farms, looking at industry and infrastructure. The way we support our kids and youth in dairy in the United States, taking home ideas back to the Dominican. Then folks that want to go abroad for a year or for a couple months, we also do that.
3: So tell me how this concept got started and where you saw the need and the niche.
4: So I actually originally worked for the Holstein Association out in Vermont where I'm actually from now. I guess I'm from Illinois, but can't have to claim Vermont after 30 years, right? and worked with them doing that there was definitely an interest by the holstein farmers to expand their international markets and to have folks come in and learn about how we did things here and then it was an easier sell for our genetics when they went to look to buy and improve their own herds it continues over the years i'd say now it's about genetics it's about management and what i really love is like what we did with the dominican group and we're talking to these international companies we don't say you know this is the exact thing that you need to copy us but here's some parts of of what we do that might be really applicable for you when you look at it. What's your ideal cow? What are you looking for, say, in genetics or in management? What works for you in your climate, in your environment?
3: So you're working more with uh, managers and industry leaders than, say, someone that's going to come in and milk cows on a farm.
4: Depends. The group that's with me this week was specifically chosen and is some of our taxpayer dollars from the U.S. at work. So yes, those guys are industry leaders. Um, The other folks that come in may just be university students that we think maybe someday will be, but they could also just go back home and be farmers. Um, Maybe they're also veterinarians. Those guys are usually 20 to 30 years of age and they'll come up for a whole year and be working on dairy farms here. Milking cows they'll do some of but they're typically looking to do more than just milk cows they need to have the whole experience understanding the management the calf raising the genetic program the transition cow management the entire circle of what's going on on the dairy farm.
3: But how many countries over the years since you've had Global Cow Limited have you touched as far as people coming and going from the United States to Lord knows where?
4: That would be a good thing for me to calculate and have that answer, wouldn't it? <laughs> so I'm going to guess that there's over two or 3,000 people that we have worked with and I think at least 30 or 40 countries.
3: You focus mainly on uh, certain parts of the country or all over the world?
4: So my, I end up focusing on Latin America because I speak Spanish and Portuguese, um, but I also have to focus on where we can get U.S. embassies to give visas. Unfortunately, like I have tons of people from Africa, Uganda, Tanzania especially, that would love to come in, and I keep telling them no in the majority of cases because they're just not going to get a visa, and then it, it's pointless for all of us and frustrating. Pakistan, I have tons of people want to come in and again. I have a heck of a time, India, getting those visas to be processed. So we end up with countries like Ecuador, Argentina. Um, We also work with Mexicans that come in and actually can work legally, Um, again, not as milkers. That's a problem for all of us. We need some immigration reform and have needed it for about 20, 30 years. Um, But for right now, the people that can come in, they have to be a little bit higher level than just milking
3: you say you speak uh, spanish and portuguese as well as english obviously but uh, how much of a challenge is it for you to find people that can help when you bring people in from africa or other parts of the world that uh, speak other languages
4: so the africans all speak pretty good english almost always um, and english is really the in demand language i also work at home in vermont with international exchange students and it's almost like a rite of passage. If their parents, like we Americans, are setting aside for college, they're setting aside to send their kids abroad for a year in, in a lot of places in Spain because it is, or Germany, there's a lot of kids from there that come in. And it's just that needed and that much of a step forward if you can speak fluently in English.
3: Now, this isn't an exchange program is it where a student will go over and live with a family over there you're going over there for a specific reason and I would imagine there's uh, some kind of a curriculum that they're following in all these different countries right for the dairy industry
4: so for the guys that are coming into the United States they have an actual training plan and they are while they're working they're following that training plan They're they're achieving specific goals and learning levels while they're here. Um, For the International Exchange students that come from the high school level they're actually here in a high school class for the entire year.
3: So how many different types of curriculum or programs do you have to put together because you've got people at different uh, levels of skill as far as the dairy industry this has to be challenging for you and, and the people that help you put this together.
4: It's somewhat challenging but we can do kind of some broad points and then it it can kind of encompass a lot of different levels as long as they're in dairy farms. I think my bigger challenge is when somebody comes to me in outside of dairy or now they've had some people asking for dairy processing um, and that is not an area I've worked in as much so getting those training plans pulled together is trickier.
3: I was going to say what's been the response of the dairy industry? It sounds like people like this concept that you've put together if they want to expand it to processing there's a big future it sounds like to me.
4: So the the biggest challenge for the people that come in for one year is that their visas are only valid for one year. So as you're a dairy farmer and you look at it, You get somebody, most people tell me the first six months you're breaking somebody in, establishing what that person can do, building trust and and a learning capacity, and then suddenly they go home after another six months and you start over from zero. That's a frustrating part of the J1, but that is the point of that type of visa it's training. They're supposed to go back home and utilize what they've learned and help their own country's dairy industry develop and grow. So then the people that come back and they say, so where are we going to go, that we want that person to stay. And there is a way, and I do work with that. It's an EB3 visa, but it's about two years' worth of processing. And so it's a long time, and it's difficult to wait for that long on a dairy farm and try to figure out how to get them here. It is possible but it is it's not fast again that's where i come back to the immigration reform that we really i mean i have tons of people around the world that would just like to come and work live here um and be a you know they like cows and a lot of them what's sad sometimes is some of the people say from colombia over the years are really well trained at home they come up here they get even better training and they're really a valued part of the organization on that farm then they have to go home because of the visa. And when they go back home, there isn't that level of farm that can hire them and really take advantage of all that they can offer. And so they're frustrated on their side and we're frustrated on our side that we can't utilize and and keep our industries going forward. The TN visa helps with that tremendously, but it's only for Mexico and Canada. And to date, I've never had a Canadian wanna come down and work. It's always Mexicans to come up. That one can extend and stay on. But there's a problem here in agriculture we need immigration reform for.
3: We've needed immigration reform for a long time in agriculture. Not everybody comes for six weeks and picks pumpkins or something like that. Dairy is a long-term program. So, Jill, what's the future? What do you see for this as far as uh, people accessing this program both to come in and for some of ours to go out?
4: I'd love to see more people from the U.S. want to go out. Um, It's hard for us in the U.S. We're kind of... US-centric. We have a great, huge country. We don't have a huge need to speak another language. But the folks that do go from the United States out with me, say to New Zealand or Australia or whatever, they, or Colombia or Argentina, they found it life-changing. So I guess my hope for the future for this is always that we just keep remembering the passion we have for the cow that unites us as we go around the country and the world and that people keep looking for that international link. It is a global industry like you started with at the beginning. So for
3: folks who want to find out more about Global Cow
4: Limited, how do they do it? So the website has everything, www.globalcow.com.
3: Jill Stahl-Tyler, part of the world of dairy industry with Global Cow Limited. This
1: is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
2: Hey Wisconsin farmers, when you're choosing a corn hybrid to plant on your acres, you want a seed that's been proven to outperform in your area. In 2022 Wisconsin First Trials, Dairyland Seed Corn took home an incredible 10 first place finishes, proving once again that no one brings the yield in Wisconsin like they do. If yield is your need, they have the seed. Dairyland Seed, contact your local rep to learn more about how they're bringing the yield in Wisconsin or visit
5: dairylandseed.com. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank, your local independent bank. We're the premier provider of commercial, treasury, mortgage, and private banking services. Our team blends experience with the latest technology to make banking easier. We provide the advice and solutions you need. To learn more, stop by or visit settlerswi.com.
6: Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member
7: FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. You know who tells a great story? Our Tom's Auto Center customers, like Blake, who recently gave us a five-star review. It reads, "I appreciated the emailed estimate and text message communication about the repairs." Thanks, Blake. Schedule your appointment, Tom'sAutoCenter.com. We'll make sure you get five-star service.
1: Tom's Auto Center, we the getter, fix, getter done
8: to get you going, guys.
2: Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw
1: from McDonald's. For all of you that had your first date riding around the field in a tractor cab, this is the Midwest Farm Report.
0: Yeah, on a Monday morning, a Monday morning that's got us uh, seeing a lot of rainfall. Not necessarily like they're seeing in California, but it is not necessarily what we're accustomed to at this stage in January. Time to talk about it. Our Compure Financial Ag Weather Update on a Monday. Our man Stumuck along with us. Yeah, this is, I mean, like I said before, and I'll continue to say it, I can handle this mild weather. That's definitely welcome. But uh, now we start laying in that rain and all of a sudden I start worrying about winter kill on Fresh grass, cover crops, winter wheat, alfalfa. How much do you think we're going to get out of this?
7: Oh, uh, I wish I didn't have to say it, but I think uh, looking at La Crosse, Boston, pretty easily in a, a quarter to half inch Ooh. range, not out of the not out of the question at all. Uh, Madison might kind of get in that area. Beaver Dam, Fond du Lac, up the Fox Valley, maybe three or four tenths of an inch, not quite a half. But that's a pretty good rainfall right now, and the low-pressure system is going to make its way kind of northeast. It's in southeast Nebraska. It will slide north and east through Iowa today, hit Wisconsin tonight, be pulling away from eastern Wisconsin by early tomorrow morning. So we have to talk about rain. The radar this morning indicating rain showers, uh, moderate rains, if you will, in Iowa, southwest Wisconsin. A little wave probably has just passed through Mauston and the Dells, making its way a bit northeast as well. Uh, light rain in some instances. Otherwise, there's something that you can at least you know it's rain right now. That wraps around that low-pressure system, like I say, this down in southeast Nebraska, and further north, the far northwest tip of Wisconsin across central Minnesota, back to the Dakotas, there's a little snow mixing in. It's not as big of a deal for us. I think we're going to talk about rain, if anything, a few snowflakes as it ends early tomorrow. But more likely, we're going to have some rain roll in today, stick around overnight, or into early Tuesday. Temperature's still very, very mild. Like Pam said, she likes them. They're great. But we are going to stay mild even after that rain moves on through. Maybe that gives us a little break. There's going to be a little greater possibility later this week that we could start to talk about some snow. That's something that could be around even late Wednesday night or into Thursday. Keep an eye on it now, kind of sketchy what it's going to do. But I think another low-pressure system moves up out of the southwest, and it may actually have enough cool air with it to support a little snowfall maybe we can start covering some ground once again. I'll have forecast details right after this.
1: Rural Mutual Insurance Keeping Wisconsin strong When a company only does business in Wisconsin, that's Wisconsin Strong. Rural Mutual provides all lines of insurance, including commercial, farm, home, and auto. And your premiums stay right here to keep Wisconsin strong. Local agents, local underwriters, local claims adjusters. Rural your insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong.
0: Focus on your farm in 2023 with Focus on Energy.
2: Focus on Energy can identify energy efficiency upgrades on your farm, helping you save money on your utility bills for years to come.
0: Get started today by contacting your energy advisor. Call 800-762-7077 or visit focusonenergy.com/agribusiness to learn more.
2: That's focusonenergy.com/agribusiness. Focus on Energy, helping farmers save since 2001.
0: Well, Stu, I mentioned it at the top of the hour that uh, already this this morning uh, Highland School closed. Is the are the temperatures deviating that much right now? Where we could get that glaze of ice in spots?
7: Well, everything I'm kind of showing has us in the upper 30s right now this morning, and not a lot of rain. But uh, they must have a reason for for doing that. Uh, Let's look at what's going on today in our Compere financial ag weather update is for cloudy skies today and showers. Temperatures have moderated through the night, so we're all in the upper 30s right now, and I'd expect overall that we'd get up to about 40 or so. Madison maybe up toward 44 or 45 yet this afternoon, and we're going to talk about rain that continues to fall with the southeast winds about 5 to 15. Overnight, clouds and showers. Could be some fog late in the nighttime as rain starts to taper off a bit. We only fall back into the upper 30s. Nothing serious there. Southeast winds about 5 to 10. Clouds, a little rain early Tuesday with another cloudy day. Only up to the upper 30s then for daytime highs. The west winds 5 to 15, gust to 25. Mostly cloudy Wednesday, mid-30s, 36 or so. Northwest winds 5 to 10. And then late Wednesday night into Thursday, some snow most likely starts to build in. We'll keep an eye on this one. Just watch it because we could very well have a little piling snow again here as we head toward the end of the week.
0: Well, it's appropriate. It is definitely appropriate. All right, my boy. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. Enjoy your Martin Luther King Monday.
7: Oh, hey, you too. Take care. (laughs) See
0: you later. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, with the weather details that you're looking for, at least so far, on a Monday. And like I said... Uh, If you are in some of those low-lying areas, maybe you do want to exercise a little caution. Could be a little slick out there, I suppose. And now those rainfall reports by gully. Here we are this late in, and maybe we'll still be using them. Don't forget about that. Your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. Compure Financial, your financial partner committed to agriculture in rural America. Visit compure.com. Don't forget our talk text line, 877-301-FARM.
1: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
8: You're worth so much more. Have you ever had the choice to accumulate wealth or go into debt? Let's play would you rather. Would you rather have $190,000 in total compensation or be $29,000 in debt? That's the choice between paying for a bachelor's degree that might not even land you a job or an apprenticeship with Lyuna that will lead to job security, a pension, stability, and a lifetime of great wages. You're worth so much more. Go to lyunaWisconsin.org/join to learn how to accumulate wealth instead of debt.
6: Everyone dreams of that one special day. I'm not talking about a wedding day, a push present, or a big anniversary. I'm talking about a special day made just for you. Maybe you paid off the mortgage, finished a marathon, left the dork who couldn't see you for the amazing person you are. It's different for everyone, but it's a day that needs celebrating with a custom piece to bring a Mona Lisa smile to your face.
9: William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler.
5: Sweeta Metal
6: Roofing customers
5: choose us because they don't want to worry about their roof anymore.
10: There's no curling, it won't blow off, and you won't find granules in your gutters.
5: It's one and done.
10: It is the last roof you'll ever need. I'm Mike. And Mary Sweeta. Enjoy the long-lasting architectural strength and beauty of a Sweeta Metal Roof.
5: S-W-I-T-A Metal Roofing.com
1: Metal Roofing the last
8: roof you'll ever need.
11: I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go. I, I'm I'm so I didn't think I'd survive, but I did ask for help, and Covenant House was there for me.
2: One in 10 young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there.
10: Covenant House
11: helped me break the cycle of homelessness in my family. They gave me the love that I needed.
2: Over 2,000 young people will sleep safely in a Covenant House bed tonight. When youth who are experiencing homelessness have a hot meal, a safe place to sleep, medical care, and love, they can overcome heartbreaking challenges and have a brighter future.
11: They just really, genuinely just wanted to help me succeed, and I'm succeeding. I'm a, I'm a speaker, I'm an author. Covenant House really helped me and really helped mold me into the woman I am today.
2: If you or someone you love is asking for help, go to safeplacetosleep.org today.
10: Experienced electricians come join our team. Here's Dan, a commercial journeyman for EverReady Electric.
8: Family company, they take care of people, they take care of their workers. There's a lot of benefits to working for EverReady, including the fact that when you work on your education, they do reimburse you for that time. They're very good about sick time and very good about family.
10: Competitive wages, great atmosphere, great benefits. Apply at EverReadyElectric.net for all your electrical needs. We are EverReady.
5: Tom Spitz, and David Fink of Settlers Bank. We make it easy to access the bankers you know, bankers who listen to your goals, then offer expert advice and solutions that simplify even the most complex financial matters. Virtually or in person, we're here when you need us. To learn more, stop by or visit settlerswi.com.
0: Settlers
6: Bank, timely decisions, people you know.
9: Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. You're no stranger to hard work and eating right, but your abs are more like flabs. Carbon World Health offers Emsculpt, an FDA-approved treatment for men who want to transform their physique. One session is equivalent to 20,000 crunches without the painful recovery. Melt fat, build and tone muscle, then start getting the results you're looking for. Emsculpt at Carbon World Health. Learn more at carbonworldhealth.com.
1: we all get hit by the storms of life. I had noticed my legs were swelling and we went to Maine Medical Hospital and they said, Mr. Conquest, can you get up for your MRI? And I remember pushing up off the bed and I fell. Next thing I know, it was three weeks later and I was paralyzed. It was a pretty low point to not be able to do the things that I love to do. PBA was there the first day. Thanks to PVA, paralyzed veterans are getting specialized medical care and treatments. The benefits they've earned, the jobs they want, and the accessible vehicles and homes they need. PVA has brought me back to life. I've fallen a few times and PVA is like, get up. We just keep getting up.
7: To learn more, go to pva.org today.
12: Every day feels like Christmas in the Luke Fickle era. Is it wrong to temper uh, to get excited, or do you need to temper expectations? I think
13: this is Marcus we'll Allen's ready punishment ready for leaving. When he's ready, <laughs> he lost his number. He's yeah. like, all right, well, actually, I'm this going is, back to Minnesota. If you didn't, Good. if you didn't do, <laughs> see you later, bud. So if <laughs> you buddy. didn't commit to Minnesota, you could have kept your number.
12: <laughs> yeah, it's up for grabs now. All right. <laughs> so all of this with Wisconsin football, and <laughs> by an the way, number, bud. Uh, I when I mentioned you know luke fickle luke fickle and his twitter account is electric he'll tweet out the smoke signal and all of a sudden then he'll retweet the you know, the commit coming and everyone like loses their minds you got phil longo the oc uh, he tweeted out yesterday uh, it was uh, two squares one's a red square one's a white square a cardinal and white oh my is it raining outside because it's raining recruits in our office he goes uh, lfe lf era badger nation don't blink the journey continues this is what's up about winning hearts and minds and how fast it is flipped for Wisconsin. Think about this, boys. As much as I love Jim Leonard, you can feel bad for Jim Leonard but also be excited about the future. There's, Is there any way, shape, or form this happens if Jim Leonard's the head coach? It, it definitely not happened to
5: Paul Christos' coach. Um, my understanding is there would have been a major overhaul in a lot of aspects of the program. Um whether it went as far as what we're seeing right now. I don't know, and we'll never know. But we'll in, never know in correct. in talking to people, it it would have been a drastic change to the status quo of Wisconsin had Jim Leonard gotten hired. I'm sure it would have been a change. But it would it on the back end it would have been a drastic change. Okay. Um but what on field though? I don't know. I don't know if with a new offensive coordinator, I did Yeah, you as, don't know what Jim it, Leonard would right. run for OC. I'm, I'm going to say, say explain to me it was moving forward to treating the program like the NFL. I'm going to say we will
13: never know. I agree with you on that. But the I, I don't I think if you were a if you were a betting man, you would say that the odds that Jim Leonard could do what Luke Fickle is currently doing aren't very good. I, I, do I think that they would be better off where they were pre Jim Leonard with the 2020 to 2022 Wisconsin Badgers? Yeah, I would. But again, you guys said it. Yeah, you, you have no idea who you would bring in for right. an offensive coordinator. And now,
5: it, like,
13: it, would he be able to bring in a Phil Longo? Because Phil Longo has looked like a home run so far for Luke Fickle. And yeah. if you're not bringing in a top OC like that, that has the ability right. to bring in. Explosive quarterbacks, explosive wide receivers, you're kind of still playing the same type of offense where that wasn't necessarily drawing those top star recruited players. Right. Now, could Wisconsin have gotten better? Could absolutely. they maybe have gotten back to where they were with Paul christ in the 15 to 19 seasons? Yeah, probably. Would the defense have fallen off? No, absolutely not. Yeah. But when you look at Luke Fickle, He's the more proven head coach. Mm -hmm. He has been to a college football playoff. He's been more proven at the college level with recruiting, and he was able to grab an offensive coordinator, Phil Longo, Mm -hmm. who has obviously been a really good offensive coordinator and is showing that he's been a pretty darn good recruiter as well, where Luke Fickle was already a defensive guy like Jim Leonard, but had been around longer and had a lot of trusted employees. That's another thing. If Jim Leonard was kept, mm-hmm. how many of the guys on staff do you believe were real legit candidates to be kept? Bobby April, who's now the DC in Stanford outside of that.
5: I think, really, I think he would have been offered. He, I, he would have been, Oh, you're saying if Jim Leonard, yeah. If was Jim head Leonard coach, not was just head coach was what, on his what, DC, Bobby, Got it. Bobby Sorry.
13: April stays on his DC, you would imagine. Yep. And, but other than that, who who are they really keeping on? I feel like we talked, and, yeah, about, we it. talked about, about it. There was a lot of was... there was a lot of guys. Right. They were all right coaches, but they weren't Phil Longos. They weren't yeah. Mike Tressels. They weren't guys with names that had experience out there I nailing mean,
5: down top recruits. And and we talked about it. The only ones you're probably keeping are your defensive coaches. The offensive staff Would be and that's a complete roll of the dice. Yeah,
13: and you have no idea. It could have been you could have been bringing in an offensive quarter from a a offensive coordinator from a MAC school, Mm -hmm. which clearly would not have the same impact as a Phil Longo.
5: Pretty sure uh, Mississippi State just did that. (laughs) All
12: right, so boys, with all the excitement surrounding Wisconsin football,
1: did the chickens come home to roost last night? We'll find out. This is the Midwest Farm Report.
0: I wouldn't be a bit surprised if there's a few sleepy folks out there this morning after watching all the NFL playoff games and, of course, getting ready for another big one tonight. Weather-wise, it uh, is just balmy, quite frankly. Today, we'll see a high of around 46 degrees. Rain and thunderstorms are definitely possible across the state. Tomorrow, 38 are expected high. Wednesday, 37. Thursday, 34 degrees. I'm P.M. Yankee, Glad you're along with us on this Martin Luther King Monday. Remember again, that means not only are markets closed, but a lot of the federal and state offices are closed. Banks are closed. And, of course, no mail delivery, if you were thinking about that for today as well. It is the 16th day of January. What can I tell you? Not a lot of real big items that jump to mind. On this day in 1919, prohibition started in the United States. The 18th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution prohibited the manufacture, sale, or transportation of intoxicating liquors. And, boy, in a state like Wisconsin, that made a big difference And a lot of challenges. Uh, You saw a lot of our uh, beer-making companies turn to things like soda on the interim just to try to keep the wheels turning on a business side of things. Prohibition started on this day back in 1919. On this day in 1965, The Outer Limits aired for the very last time on ABC TV on this day back in 1965. On this day in 1973, NBC presented the 440th and final show of the Western series Bonanza, something you can still catch on things like MeTV today, but it ended on this day back in 1973. Happy birthday to actress-model Kate Moss. She is 49 years young, and now you know Well, we're still wrapping up some of the business from the Wisconsin Fair Association's annual convention that happened last week in Wisconsin Dells. Charity Sebecker joins us this morning to recognize a wonderful volunteer that's helped out the Wisconsin Fair Association for many years as their auctioneer. Terry Schmeling dedicated 35 years of his professional career helping out the Wisconsin Fair Association with their annual auctions, and it doesn't stop there. Charity Sebecker had a chance to visit with Terry and learn a little bit more about his passion for volunteering.
9: People have the, the vigor and the strive to get forward and work with people because the fair industry is such a, you got five days to put on a performance and you have to do it. So I was intrigued how people come together and make it work.
11: You are a well-respected hog judge. Can you tell me about that passion that you have for the hog industry?
9: Well, we've had hogs on our farm since 1921. And when we started raising pigs and we got shown and I got out there, when I got like 19, I said, I'm gonna start judging. So that's what I did. And just working with the kids is phenomenal. And you see how they grow, like you see them when they're nine and you come back in five or six years, how they progress in their project and else. And, you know, agriculture is hard. I mean, it's less than 7% in the country, kids get to show. So I think it's a very unique project.
11: Where all have you judged at? Is it just Wisconsin specific, or can you touch on maybe your accolades?
9: Sure. I've judged in 17 states and Canada. Uh, I've done six state fairs, and I did the San Antonio Livestock Show. Um, And that's one of the most prestigious ones that I've had a chance to. And it's really interesting to get across the country. You see different types of animals and venues and where they're headed and what direction. And you get back home and you decide where you want to head. So it's kind of fun to get out there and see what other people are doing.
11: Besides that passion, you are also an auctioneer, and I know that is one of your big passions as well. So how did you get started being an auctioneer? Take me through maybe what sparked that interest in getting to where you are now.
9: Well, when I was real little, my dad took me to pig sales, and he always made me sit there and listen. So I did that for years, and then when I got out of college, I went to uh, Mason City, Iowa to auction school and came home, and I decided I wanted to get in the livestock end of it and make things I always was one that wanted to see excitement and, and there's nothing better than you get into fast pace and people spend money and everybody has a good time. Like last night was just an incredible sale.
11: What is some key things that learning auctioneers need to go through to prepare to be able to have a successful auctioneering business?
9: Uh, you got to practice every day. I mean, it's like anything you do, you got to practice uh, tongue ties. And the biggest thing I did when I drove down the interstate, every time you see a line, you would raise a bid. So the faster you went, that's the way I did it. And everybody kind of laughed about that. But when you do it, you think about it, that's really something that you just you try to get better and better. You set a goal and you try to get there. And I learned from two guys that went to auction school that were my teachers. And I kind of mentored myself or looked up to one man really hard and kind of built around that and see it. But, you know, everyone has their own area and their chance. And what do you say in between when you do like that? It's what you get into and you get into a rhythm. And the smoother you are, the better you are.
11: How did you become involved with now the Wisconsin Association Affairs Convention live auction? Take me through what that process was like to become this well-respected auctioneer here at the convention.
9: Well, thank you. Uh, Gene Gabarski, who was the fair Association Secretary, came to me when we were in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 35 years ago and said, would you do our sale? And at that time, they had like eighteen or nineteen contestants and then the fairs all brought things to auction off so then we got to the point we went to uh, Appleton and then up to Green Bay and then back here so and it's grown every year, and I've seen where how all the uh, concessionaires, the venue people, the midway people, the other fairs have all come together. Whatever, and it's kind of a high because you, every year we get better and better. And last night, you know, we just shot it out of the moons.
11: What have you seen change over the years in your time as the auctioneer here at the convention, and what did we raise last night?
9: The unity is the biggest thing. Everyone that's at that auction there for because the, they know it's a self-supported, so that is our ambassador for the summer. Uh, the fair that goes around and promotes agriculture and affairs to the people that really might not knowing about it. And last night, it was $85,000. That was uh, $22,000 over the record.
11: And I think that also has in part to do with your skills because I was there watching you and you are very good at interacting with the crowd, knowing who to say, hey, you need to bid that one more time. How did that come about, those relationships with the people in the crowd? Is it just from over the years, personal business, things like that, that really help you also give back to this fair industry?
9: People that support it is the biggest thing because they know, where it's going, how they're going, and you know you can pimp them for another five or six hundred dollars, and they don't care because they're there to support that event. So I just kind of let that keep rolling on, and you know where to go to, and who's going to bid on what certain item that's in a basket every year. So you just pimp them a little harder, or whatever. But everyone's there to have a great time, and they know that it's all coming back to them. And you are retiring now as an auctioneer. So what is next? I want to play golf, believe it or not. But last summer I was home, that was first summer in 38 years, I was home all the time. And I concentrate now on showing pigs. So we were out in Oklahoma in October and we're going to Texas in uh, February. So I'm going to get back into that, what we were doing when I was young. So because every weekend in, from June to October and 20th of October, so I was gone, Sound County Fair Sales. So it was just time to come home and relax. But yeah, I'm going to go out there. So if you're on the golf course, you know, take cover.
11: Congratulations on 35 incredible years. Good luck on your retirement.
9: Thank you very much. I appreciate it.
11: And that was Terry Schmaling, auctioneer for 35 years here at the Wisconsin Association Affairs Convention. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker.
0: Thanks, Charity. And again, congratulations, Terry. Now, as I mentioned, markets are closed on this Martin Luther King Monday, but on Friday, barrel cheese dropped 7.5 cents, down to 172.5. 40-pound block cheese dropped 9.5 to two o eight and quarters. Double-A butter on Friday unchanged, 243 a pound. The new crop corn and soybeans all ended the week on stronger notes. The wheat market was a little softer, and our February milk closed 19 cents lower, 18.59 a hundred weight. Coming up next, a new face of uh, extension across the state of Wisconsin. Chelsea Ziegler is one of those that aims to serve. Talking with her next.
1: This is the Midwest Farm Report with
8: Pam Youngke. White mold and sudden death syndrome are two of the most important fungal diseases in soybean production today. But did you know 40 to 50 million acres in the north central region are affected annually? When every season has different disease challenges, the question becomes, how can you ensure the best start for your soybeans no matter what? The answer is Heads Up. Trusted by growers across the Midwest, Heads Up offers a new mode of action to prime your beans to help fight fungal disease. Compatible and cost effective. For more information, visit HeadsUpST.com.
2: When you need accurate insights to make informed decisions on your dairy, you need Affy Milk. With Affy Milk, you can know what's happening with your cows when there's a problem, and when used with Affy Farm herd management software, they can even help identify what the problem is, which helps you manage it quicker. From analyzing components to finding sick cows, rely on Affy Milk solutions to help you increase performance and profitability. Learn more at affymilk.com.
9: Your custom jeweler.
8: Are you a non union construction tradesperson proud of what you do? Did you know you're worth so much more than what you're bringing home today? Put the power of LIUNA union labor to work for you. When you join LIUNA, you get the pay you deserve, plus pension and health care benefits above and beyond your compensation. That's zero deductions for pension and health care benefits with LIUNA. Because you're worth it. Learn more at liunawisconsin.org slash join.
1: If you combine
8: pajamas
1: and rubber boots to check on the barn, we welcome you. This is the Midwest Farm Report.
0: Continuing effort to introduce you to some of the new fresh faces of the University of Wisconsin extension work happening across the state. And uh, we want to bring you up to speed on one of the people that you'll probably be be seeing quite a bit at through winter meetings and into spring. She is our new Ag and Water Quality Outreach Specialist through University Extension. Chelsea Ziegler is along with us. So, Chelsea, tell us a little bit about yourself. When did you uh, become our Ag and Water Quality Outreach Specialist?
10: Yeah, hi, Pam. I've been in this position for about a year, and I cover the southern portion of Wisconsin, luckily with a great team. Uh, Before that, I was a crops and soils educator in Dane County with Extension. Um, And then before that, I was doing kind of on-farm and small plot research for some of the state specialists in the soil science department and the agronomy department at UW-Madison. Slick. So how is this kind of,
0: I'll say, new configuration of our university extension specialist working, Chelsea, when you network with others or you've got Uh, you know, issues you got to tackle. How is this uh, new paradigm coming to uh, fruition?
10: Yeah, I was really excited about about this new positioning, opening up and getting it. Um, It allows me to specialize in one topic area. And I think that allows me to better respond to people's questions um, and kind of really just become an expert in in a limited topic area. Um, It's also really increased collaboration, I think, covering multiple counties you get to work with uh, more innovative farmers, and then also colleagues within Extension. So recently we put on a, a farmer leadership and soil health summit for the producer-led groups in the southwest portion of the state. So that allowed me to work with um, Dan Smith at in the nutrient pest management program within KELS, and then um, Josh Camps in the Crops and Soils Program, uh, and Joe Banell in the Natural Resource Institute. So it really allows us all to bring our, you know, Specialties to the table and work together
0: Yeah and this is a top of mind Conversation piece for a lot of Farmers and rural landowners Tell us a little bit about some of the projects That you're either currently engaged in Chelsea or you're excited to get started With in 2023
10: Yeah um, quite a few things It's been really uh, nice To have people willing to collaborate Um, I think you talked to Amber Raddatz from Discovery Farms earlier this week Um, They're looking to install some groundwater monitoring, so I'm excited to help do the outreach on those projects and then help kind of producers think about maybe some proxy measurements that would work since um, lysimeters and, and, you know, water quality uh, measurements are so expensive to to install, so trying to look at, you know, deep soil nitrates and just getting practices on during those high-risk time periods.
0: No, as a former crop consultant, I mean, this is probably an arena that you've been comfortable working in for a while. Give people a little perspective on what it was like when you started in this profession, Chelsea, and what you've seen develop specifically in Wisconsin over the past couple of years in our efforts on water quality.
10: Oh, yeah. Um, It's been, I think we just seen a lot more detail and kind of more intention around, um, around the issues. Um, I think there's kind of been some excitement around it, but to see everyone come to the table, hopefully with this new problem will, um, allow people to have conversations that they wouldn't normally have and really focus in. So I think a good example of that is, um, you know, before we've used a broad paintbrush to be like, well, cover crops are good for water quality. Um, but nothing is that simple in the world or black and white, so I think we can start to hit on that nuance of you know what cover crop species are the best for water quality, um, you know, how does planting time impact um, the benefits on water quality, things like that?
0: Well, yeah, and like you said, cover crops have been around for an eternity, but now we're uh, we're just finding out how we're managing them better not just as ground cover, but like you said, almost a filtration system on some of those waterways to improve our water quality hand and glove. What about the attitudes that you may have faced early in your career, Chelsea, versus the attitudes today about agriculture's role in water quality efforts?
10: Yeah, I think farmers are, you know, interested in being part of the solution. And I think, you know, maybe not all of not every water quality practice, but quite a few, you know, also have agronomic benefits to producers and, and to rural communities. So I think there's kind of some understanding about the long-term, you know, resilience and profitability that some of these conservation practices can have on individual farm businesses.
0: What do you think the, the biggest misconception is by the non-farm consumer, the neighbor that doesn't see Uh, or understand cover crops, some of the extra efforts that many, like you said, many producers have started to implement in their rotations, uh, maybe even put technology to work on their fields. What's the biggest misconception, misunderstanding, or misinformation that we need to share with our non-farm neighbors?
10: Yeah, I think there's just a misunderstanding of, you know, how much time and effort farmers and the whole industry are putting into kind of these decisions. We know we can't just put one cover crop on every field. You know, there's some decision makings on, is it for weed control or is it for water quality? You know, is it for a yield benefit? Um, and all the extra kind of time and labor that go into managing, you know, basically a whole other crop in the off season. Um, and kind of, you know, the, the additional time and money that um, farmers are putting in, into these situations. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, and as you said, now we've got uh, even a little bit of money in the game for producer-led watersheds, uh, grants that are available out there. It's nice to have that in your back pocket, too. Now, we were talking about the revision of structure within the university extension system as a whole, Chelsea. You mentioned you're in southern Wisconsin. So maybe help people understand the, the state as a whole – and how this very important issue is getting the visual and physical attention it needs by university extension staff, not just you.
10: Right, yep. So we'll be kind of the outreach branch of Discovery Farms, and we'll also bring in other water quality research that's being done at UW. So hopefully bringing in some of the high quality research um, from faculty who doesn't necessarily have extension appointments. Um, So I'm in the southern part of the state. We also have I have a colleague, Laura, that's based in Green Bay. um, And we are looking for, I'm looking for another colleague in the northwestern part of the state around the River Falls area. Um, And then we have a central sands Um, groundwater nitrate specialist who can, you know, focus on those specific issues since soil type um, and farm farm type makes such a difference on water quality issues around the state.
0: Yeah, for sure. Chelsea Ziegler is along with us. She is one of the new faces of the University Extension look in Wisconsin. She is our Ag and Water Quality Outreach Specialist. Like she said, she concentrates on southern Wisconsin. Uh, Let's talk a little bit more, Chelsea. We mentioned that Uh, You work cooperatively with uh, Discovery Farms, which is taking a lot of campus research and putting it into practical application in farm settings. You know, with the pandemic, so many things got jammed up as far as some of our proposed projects. Sounds like 2023 is going to be busy that way. Are you soliciting partners for some of this on-farm investigation? Or how can the audience maybe help you and get a chance to meet you at the same time?
10: Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, I'm always excited to meet interested collaborators and partners. I think the, you know, the more sites we can get to, the more, con- you know, the better conclusions we can come to that cover the whole state. Um, you're welcome to, you know, check out our website, uh, Google Agwater Extension, and hopefully it shows up. Um, I think I'll be working with specific producer-led groups on some projects and I think um, that's a great way for producers to network with each other um, as well as kind of build power in in these research projects by having multiple sites in multiple areas. So hopefully we can get some demonstration or uh, large plot works going on in 2023.
0: Well, let's hope the weather cooperates and so do the growers or landowners that you're looking for. Again, folks, just another one of our fresh faces of UW-Extension here in the state of Wisconsin. We've been visiting with Chelsea Ziegler. She's the Ag and Water Quality Outreach Specialist. And no doubt you are going to see Chelsea from time to time through the winter months because she is a welcome guest speaker on many of the water quality panels that are happening with different groups all across the state. Like she said, you want to connect with her today, one of the best ways to do it is going to our extension website. Simple to find extension. Www.